This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, today we're going to be uh, finishing up on the tabernacle, and my studies of this have uh, truly changed my life, personally, and I believe that I'm going to continually get into my studies of it. In fact, even last night I was in, um, woke up at five o'clock in the morning and was finding myself in the book of Exodus again and went to bed last night with my wife. I was in the book of Exodus. We're listening to the Bible. And, you know, if you're just joining with us right now, maybe it's through um, a live stream or maybe joining with us later on and and maybe through watching this through our website, um, I challenge you, some of you maybe even be in a place of being quarantined uh, through uh, scenarios that were going on through COVID. Don't make that moment in your life a waste. Make that time very intentional about drawing closer to God. Make that time where you could spend, just say, if you're, you're in a space, maybe in your home, and there's nobody else around. Let me tell you something. Somebody else is around. Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit, and the Father himself wants you in his arms. And today, um, if I could have a picture of that Ark of the Covenant, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in it because you can get all these details in your own study. In the, the Ark of the Covenant was approximately 48 inches wide, um, 30 inches deep, 30 inches high. And as you can see, on the top of it, there was this, it was a a separate part. It was um, called the mercy seat. And there's these cherub angels that were um, uh, on top of it, showing the presence of God or basically the covering of God. And again, I don't want to go into a lot of detail of it because you can get all of this online. You can go into your studies in the book of Exodus. But what I want to do is share the heart of it. I believe that what God has always asked me to do is is that to help people not get caught up in the letter, but get caught up in the heart of what God did in the letter. And many um, times today, people want to take apart the letter. They want to take apart what I mean by, they want to take the scripture apart and say, well, how is this applicable to me? How is this really um, going to you know, help, going to change my life? Well, let me tell you, so the Bible says that very clear that we go through different times and seasons But all of those times and seasons, really history has a way of repeating itself. And so God has always intentionally wanted you to draw close to him. That's the first thing you have to know. God has gone to endless, endless space and degrees of of coming in and trying to be a part of your life. And this whole tabernacle is part of it. In fact, I, I challenge you to study it out. There's a couple chapters, Exodus 24, I would really want you to challenge, where God actually asked and said, you know what, my people, you can't come to me, only Moses can. And yet in the same chapter, God makes a space for Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders. And they literally looked upon God, which according to God was impossible. So how somehow God gloriously filled this space with these group of people because they had touched God's heart. Then we find out in Exodus chapter 34, where we find another time where Moses is, is having this discussion with God. And by the, by the way, 
Moses went up and down the mountain eight times. And when you say Mount Sinai, by the way, the other thing I'd like to share with you too is that Mount Horeb, or many times when you do a study where Moses met God in the burning, you know, the bush, it's the same mountain, Mount Sinai. And you know, that's what God wants, but God wants you to have experiences with him so that you can bring those you love, you know, and you can bring them into the same experience with God. So why didn't, why in the world of all the mountains that, you know, what Moses could have picked, he picked the same one that God showed up at. Of course he did, because this was a place where Moses had an experience with God, and he was trying to help others have a what? An experience with God. So here we find that Moses goes up and down this mountain. Now remember, Moses is 80 years old. He is not a young man. And yet the presence of God and the power of God is so active inside of this man's life that he can go up there. And by the way, this, this hike, just to get it to the top of it, it's four hours. We're not talking about a, you know, a 30-minute trip here. It's a four-hour hike, and he's, God has asked him to do this eight different times. Why? Because God loves his people. Amen? And God loves the church. And you today are a type and shadow of his people. You're in this wilderness. In fact, if you could define this world today as anything, you could define it as a wilderness that you're walking through. And you know what, there's gonna be like an exodus, you know, the book of Exodus, you know, Exodus is like an exit out of the world. God's wanted you always to, though you live in this world, the world doesn't live in you. Though you live in this world, the world doesn't live in you. In fact, today, we're gonna have these baptisms. It's an outward sign to saying, look, I'm, listen, I know I live in this world, but my life is not of this world. I'm testifying that the power of God is on the inside, and I wanna to express to the world what God is doing internally in my life. I'm expressing outwardly what God is doing inwardly. That's what all of us are supposed to be doing. In fact, in our prayer this morning, the Lord made something so clear. Because you know, when I was working at Steelcase for um, quite a few years, I always had this picture that I was a missionary to steal. I know that I got paid and I worked very hard. In fact, you've, you went over there and asked him, I said, I was a very hard worker there. But I was a missionary to Steelcase. I would pray, it was a 40 minute commute, the way I drive, anyway, so it was a 40 minute commute, and, and all the way there. Many times I'm finding myself singing and I'm praying on the way, and I'm praying one particular thing is that God open up doors that I may be able to show who you are to them. I got labeled, you know, um, basically in, in a very uh, derogatory, uh, before I was ever labeled a pastor by the church, the world labeled me as a pastor. Oh, there's that Pastor Ron. He's that crazy guy, you know, just, just, just so, he's just a nut for Jesus. Before I was even, before anybody had ever laid their hands on me and say, you ordained as a pastor in the church, the world was calling me a pastor. I believe that's what we should all be. I think the world should be labeling you in their world a shepherd, a missionary, someone who's just so on fire. I remember many times people that were close to me thought I was in a cult because obviously if somebody's so excited for Jesus, that ain't real, that ain't normal. You must be in some kind of cult. It's ridiculous. But point is, today, as we talk about the, the tabernacle, the, the purpose of the tabernacle was first, was really clear, and, and I, I went through this a little bit last week. It was, uh, it was two months to the day 
that God brought his people out of Egypt. He brings them to this, the Mount Sinai. And God is wanting to connect with his people. And what happens is, is that Moses and God have this interaction and, and says, God, God says, tell those people, take, you know, sanctify themselves for three days and I'm going to show up. So Moses comes back down to the people and tells them, he said, look, God's going to show up. You know, and, and every time God shows up, it's a big deal, amen? He's going to show up. And so he comes in there, and in fact, the God creates this huge cloud because, see, you can't, because we are a people of this world. We are people that are born in sin. We are people that are tainted with the world itself so that we can't see the glory of God and live through it. We can't taste the glory of God and live through it. We can't experience the glory of God. So God creates this filter, if you will, called glory, and it's called, and it's an appearance of a cloud. And so in this cloud, he's shaking the mountain. He's speaking through the mountain. And the people, according to Numbers, and we're going to get to there in a minute, according to Numbers, the, the account is, is that the people are so shook up, they go, you go for us, Moses. You, you, we, we can't, no, you go for us. Well, before I get to that, I wanted to just kind of whet your appetite. I want to share with you what God does, and you can tell what God wants to do in all our lives. It's not some outward format or religion that God moves us to. He moves upon your heart. All right, and let me give it to you this. In fact, we talked about this tabernacle for the last few weeks, and I'm gonna read the account of, well, how did they get all the stuff for the tabernacle? How did they get the gold, and how did, how did they get all the stuff for the curtain, and who, who did all that? You know, how did, how did that come into play? In Exodus chapter 35, there's, there's a, uh, just in, you know, it goes through it over and over how God moved upon their hearts. Okay? So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. Are our hearts stirred today? Are we moved by the presence of God? And by the way, the tabernacle isn't, you know, like in the Old Testament, it was this tabernacle, which means it was a house for the presence of God. Today, that's you. You're that tabernacle that God wants to make his presence in. And their hearts were stirred. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of the rituals, and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, and all who hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, their brooches, their earrings, their rings from their fingers and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. And all those who owned the following items willingly brought them blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, and the tan ram skins and fine goat skins and leather. And all who had silver and bronze objects gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord. And, all, and those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the prophet project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, scarlet, and fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. So they also brought spices and olive oil for light, the anointed. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work, the Lord had given them through Moses their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. So these, God was moving upon his people. I believe that God is always, through every generation, is moving upon his people. 
Those who are willing, the Bible says in Isaiah 119, it says, the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. So it's, there's, there's not just this part of just going through the motions, there's also this part of our heart where it's willing to say, God, anything you want, everything that you want, I want more of you in my life. I long for your presence, and not just because I'm sickly, or not just because I'm, I'm finding myself in need, not just because my marriage is in trouble, not just because, not just because I'm, you know what, there's, there's things that people are full of worry and fear. I want you because I want you in my life. We have to, to long for more of God in our life. So if I could, I want to um, just share with you, and we talked about this really simple we enter his gates with, okay, his courts with, okay, so we're entering this place with courts of praise, then the priest would wash his hands in the labor and his feet, which represented the presence of, I know that I'm unclean, I know that there's no way I can approach you, God, but in this, I'm going to approach you with a sacrament. Can, can I just tell you something, guys? We're in this church, and, you know, and, and God is, is want, has us go through these sacraments, giving, worship. He has us go through um, a time of, of getting in his word, devotions. Do you realize that not any of that by itself can make you holy? Nothing like that can make you holy. But God touches the place of your devotion, touches the place of your willing and obedient makes it holy. Only God can make anything holy. Only God can make anything clean. Only God can make anything true and pure. Only the Lord, what he touches. And what, what happens many times is we've, we've come to this place where we can say, well, look, God, look at what you got. And God's going, no, I want to bring you in all I have. And so now they come into this holy of holies, and we've talked about the golden lampstand Jesus being the center of it and the, and the arms that, that, are, uh, that reach out and the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of God, the spirit of understanding. And now the, we've talked about all of those that branch out from Jesus. Then we talked about the altar of incense and, and literally as we pray, God's saying that that's a sweet fragrance to the Lord. It literally is the fragrance of God. It's the, the, the very thing that brings the smell of what God longing for in this world. I mean, I, I mean, all of us have, a, you know, many of us got a sense of smell right now from Thanksgiving. I mean, we can smell out that food, amen? Well, let me tell you something. God created you to have senses, but not for the world first, for him. He doesn't mind sharing it for the world, but everything that we have is supposed to be for him first. And so then we have the altar of incense, and then we talked about the showbread and the importance of it. Well, today I want to talk about what's behind the Holy of Holies. And by the way, the only time you could go into that curtain was once a year, and you had to be a high priest. This place was so perfect and so pure and so holy that God said, look, there's the, you, you, this isn't common. This is not common at all. This is a most holy place. And that once a year, the high priest can come in after he has atoned for his own sin, went over there and, and had a sacrifice and cleansed himself. Then he can come in and put the blood on the, on the basically the mercy seat. Representing Jesus Christ the most holy 
place. Jesus being that very sacrifice for us means that now we don't have to wait a year to get in his presence. We have access to that presence every single day. But now, granted, it's not some cheesy little, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not saying about don't thank God for the food, but that's not quality time with God. God wants quality time with our heart. Just like every priest would go through all of these devotional places, he's wanting quality time. And so before I spin that in um, a little further, I want to talk about your workplaces. I'm going to talk about your neighborhoods. I want to talk about your family if I could. In Acts chapter 2, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon the believers who were finding themselves in a, in a uh, basically an upper room waiting on God, Pentecost. And it said that the Holy Spirit came on them and they had tongues. And the people, all of these different uh, tribal people, different people that had come to worship God, heard them speak in their native language, glorifying God. This is what the Lord showed me this morning. He said, some of you guys are mechanics and you should be speaking, glorifying God in your mechanic language. Some of you work in a shop. I know I work there. And you should be speaking and glorifying God in the shop. Some of you work in, in markets. And you, you see, there's market talk. There's shop talk. We all know what I'm talking about. There's mechanic talk. But we should be glorifying God in all of our own languages. One of the things that God's shown me, in fact, Pastor Jen and I were talking about it um, some time ago. And is this, I want to get people that are ambassadors, missionaries in the workplace up here on stage and testifying how their mission field's going. I want people to realize that we don't, we're not, we're not missionaries because we have to go outside of our country or even outside of our state, but we're missionaries in every place that we are and the presence of God will fill us. We are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And so... That's just a little, I believe, a little um, advertisement of where God's going to bring this church in the months to come. We are going to have those of you that work in shops or maybe you're in sales or whatever, but you're an ambassador filled with the Holy Spirit. You're the Moses in that day, to that hour, to that end of who God wants you to be. And you can come up here and testify How's it going? Are you speaking and glorifying God in your sales? Are you speaking and glorifying God in your workshop or your building or whatever you are? Amen? Let's get back to um, what I really like with the tabernacle. Why did God create this tabernacle? First of all, because the mountain was shaking and the people of God were so afraid that they didn't know how or what ends, so they were terrified of coming to God the way God was inviting them to come. He was inviting them. I believe there are people in this audience right now that God's invited to get baptized, and they're terrified. Well, I'm not ready for it. Well, let me tell you something. You're not ready for anything. I wasn't ready for marriage. I wasn't ready to have children. I wasn't ready for adoption. I'm not ready to be a pastor. I'm not ready for that. Let me tell you, it's what God touches. All we do at the willing and 
Obedient, thank you, Barb. The willing and obedient eat the good of the land. It is not about my readiness. It's not about my perfection. It's about what I'm willing and obedient to do. And then God, what does he do? He touches, he takes something that is literally human made and makes it God made. That's what God is longing to do with your personal walk. So let's talk about this, if we can, this Ark of the Covenant, because really what was it? It was a place where God resided in his presence. In fact, I want you to take your time this afternoon to study it out. There's 40 chapters in Exodus. I think it's really neat because it was 40 years. There's 40 chapters in Exodus, and the last verses in the book of Exodus, in fact, I was even challenging my my elders if they knew this, the last verses in the last chapter of the book of Exodus, and you know what you're going to read and find? Is it God, his presence came inside the tabernacle and filled it, and that was, and nobody could stand. Nobody could enter, nobody could move. Why? Because God went over there and said, look, all of them were willing, we just read it in Exodus 35. They were willing, they were obedient, they were spending a year building this tent. They're spending a year carving the, the wood and making the wood, then spending a year overlaying it with gold. They're spending one year on this tabernacle that God had, and all of them are longing, and the next thing that Moses does, he dedicates this thing, dedicates it, humanly made, willing and obediently made, and God goes, I'm touching it now. I believe that that's why God wants us to be devoted. That's why I believe that we should have no premarital sex. That's why I believe we should have no alcoholics and drug addicts. That's why I believe we should have no cussing and swearing. Why? Because these are the things that God wants us to be devoted to. He wants us to walk in his holy ground. And every time we're looking at these, taking these steps, they're going, well, God doesn't want me to do anything. No, you're not, you don't have no idea. God wants you to be filled with everything. And every time I'm taking a step away from exit, I'm taking a step away from cursing, taking a step away from being malicious, taking a step away from being anger, taking a step away from being unforgiving, taking a step away from going over there and believing that, you know what, that God doesn't have anything for my life. I'm going to believe that God has everything for my life. And every step I take in the book of Exodus, exiting this world, I'm not going to think like this world, I'm not going to smell like this world, I'm not going to think like this world, I'm not going to smell like this world, I'm not going to taste what this world has, I'm going to taste what God has for my life. And when I I do that, I truly have a willing and obedient heart, and then God goes over there, I'm going to fill that sanctuary. I'm going to fill that space. I'm going to fill that marriage. I'm going to fill that child. I'm going to fill that body. I'm going to fill that tabernacle. I am literally a vessel. The problem is, is we're going, oh, God, fill me, and God goes, empty yourself. Empty yourself of the way the world is. Empty yourself of the way the world thinks. Well, I know that you're all looking at me like it's a dog and a new bone. All right, let me share something with this right now. The Ark of the Covenant came through, and here's what God was doing. This power, it was so powerful, and I don't think any of you guys really knew why it was here. God didn't just want to say, look, I just want to show my love and my power on my few people called, you know, the Israelites. He was doing it so that the world could see who he is. And I'm going to read that to you guys, and it's, um, I'm going to read it in Deuteronomy 5, verse 23. But when you heard the voice from the heart of that darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, and all your tribal leaders and elders came to me, they said, look, the Lord your God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from his heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans, and yet we live. 
But now why should we risk death again? If the Lord our God speaks to us again, we will certainly die and be consumed by this awesome fire. Can any living thing hear the voice of the living God from the heart of the fire as we did and yet survive? Go yourself and listen to what the Lord your God says. Then come and tell us everything he tells you and we will listen and obey. And then the Lord heard the request you made to me. To Moses. He said, I have heard what the people said, and they are right. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, and they might fear me and obey my commands. If they did, they, would, their, they and their descendants would prosper forever. Go and tell them, return to their tents, but you stand here with me, and I can give you all my commands and decrees and regulations. You must teach them to the people so they can obey them in the land I am giving them as their possession. Why? So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long, and you'll prosper lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The number one reason that God is trying to infiltrate our lives is this, is God wants us to draw closer to him. The number one reason that God shook the mountain because he wants God to draw close to him. Then he builds his tabernacle because he wants to draw close to him. The reason that God built the church and the whole entity of the church, people say, well, I don't need to go to church. God created the church so that you could draw closer to him. It's the whole point of it. God... God created marriage so that you could understand the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relationship and the oneness that he wants with you. God created you to have children. He wants us to reproduce so we can reproduce who he is on this world. Number two, the ark was God's presence with his people, separated them from the world. Are you wanting to be separated from the world? I'm not talking about, look, you can't talk to people in the shop. I talk to all kinds of people in the shop. He wants you to be separated in your heart, separated in your thoughts, so that people can see who God is in your life, who God is in your life. The Ark of Testimony showed the world in Bible times his power. As Christians today, we are to be filled with the power to give testimony to the world. Are you filled with his power to testify to the world? I know that some of you over there uh, race motorbikes. Motocross. You do dangerous things. Okay? I understand. I did dangerous things in my snowmobile. And the thing is, is I can tell you, young man right there, I can tell you when God filled my helmet, and I almost literally flew 100 mile an hour over a, a, I thought was just a piece of snow, and ended up being something that just threw me into 20, 30 feet up in the air. I didn't think I was going to live through the experience, and neither did my brother. And God filled my helmet, and he says, you get off my path, Ron, and Satan will snuff your life. I couldn't stop crying inside that helmet because God came inside of my helmet. God wants to fill this vessel. He wants to fill you, young men. And so there's nothing wrong with motorcycling. I think it's fun. I'd, I'd probably be right there next to you racing with you, okay? But do, are you allowing him to fill your helmet? Are you allowing him to fill you in your workplace? Are you allowing him to fill you in every aspect in your marriage? Here's what Colossians 3 says this. Since you have been raised to a new life, when we have some of those getting baptized today, set your sights on realities of heaven. I mean, do you guys realize how big cherub angels are? They're said to be nine, ten foot tall, giant creatures of power. 
Set your mind in realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on this earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden, Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, having nothing to do with sexual immorality. Isn't that that amazing? It's the first thing. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world, but now the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Again, what we're going to be doing in baptism today. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Where have we heard that? Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your life. Teach, counsel each other, and all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God your Father. Now, this is what God says, Paul says to the Colossian church. Okay? What does God say, and I've been trying to share with you guys, in Exodus God is always saying the same thing. It's just different times and seasons. Exodus chapter 34. The Lord replied, this is after Moses says, you need to go with me. Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all my people. I will perform miracles. God says, I will perform miracles and have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, an awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out all the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. God wants to drive out the world out of your life so that he can be ever present in life. Let me, let me, I was sharing this with uh, Jim, one of our elders today. I believe that this vessel, that God wants the shell of this vessel to be able to contain more and more and more of him. And that I am like, I'm supposed to be like a, a, a vacuum for his power and his presence. And there are things that will literally just cut in to that armor that wants to hold God himself. We just read it, greed. We just read it, lust. We just read it, idolatry. We just, we just read it, maliciousness, anger, filthy talk. Come on, how many of us don't get involved with that? These are all things that would just pierce holes in that container of power. I believe 
In a minute, I believe that God can cast out COVID as much as the enemy wants to bring in COVID. Today, we are testimonies of his power. And we are being suppressed. And yet, if somebody today were to be around without even being tested for COVID, if you are around others that have been in contact with COVID, you are immediately supposed to quarantine yourself and immediately you are supposed to get in contact with all the people that you've been in touch with. I get it. That's the way of the world and that's the way they're trying to create this separation so that this thing doesn't spread. I want to ask you and I want to ask you, how are you spreading the gospel? How are we spreading the gospel? How are we testifying? It seems like we're testifying of the sickness more than we're testifying of the power of God. I think it's time for us. And and, and in fact, I'm in fact, in some ways, I am I'm alarmed that we're not being awakened by this very situation. That the whole point of the gospel is that we would be filled with Him. The whole point of the Old Testament is that they would be God's special people, called by his name, peculiar. Why are they peculiar? Because they don't act like the world. And the world, when they see you and they go, well, why don't you party like we party? Why don't you talk like we talk? Why don't, why don't you just have, why don't you get mad when, when everybody else is getting mad? Why, why, why when you get cheated or feel like you're getting cheated, you don't act the same way? And I share this with you because I remember my co, um, coworkers when, when we were at Steelcase and our bonuses, we'd get a, a, a letter in the mail and tell us what our bonus was going to be. And it was never good enough. Never good enough. And, the, and these guys would just start stirring up all these guys. All they do when it was steel cases where I worked for. And they were just going, all they do is these, these big shots. They're just taking it all for themselves. They don't care about the employees. They never have cared about. I mean, all the slander that began to go through the shop. Curses, the Bible call it. Anything, when you speak evil of something, it literally means you curse it. You speak well of something, you bless it. And I remember God almost arresting my tongue. He says, are you going to talk like them? Are you going to walk like them? Are you going to smell like them? Are you going to taste like them? Or are you going to make, up, you're going to make a difference? Body of Christ, stop suppressing the truth. You testify of his love. You share who he is. Today, I wonder how many people will get baptized and start calling up everybody and bragging, hey, you know what happened to me today? I got baptized. Or how many of us will call up and go, man, you know what? We've seen eight people surrender their lives to his power. Isn't that awesome? I wonder if we would get ourselves involved. And I want to close on this. Baptism is an outward sign of his power. Inward sign of his power, an outward testimony. I'm sorry. And in Exodus 40, I already read it and shared with you guys. 
God filled the tabernacle. I believe God wants to fill these tabernacles. I believe he wants to fill these. Are you longing for it? Are you longing for it? Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I ask personally for more of you in my life. Less of the world. Father, I pray for the, those pricks, those little impressions, those spaces in my life where it changes my vocabulary. It changes my belief system. It changes the way I express, even the times where those moments where I thank you for the Holy Spirit moving on, on Brenda. And even when I'm saying the right content, I'm not saying it with the right attitude of spirit. Thank you for those convictions, God. It's not a holy moment. I could even be speaking the Bible, but it's not holy unto you because it's not delivered with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we would be vessels, that you'd fill us. We renounce the sicknesses, the viruses. We renounce the attitudes. We renounce the lust and the anger and the maliciousness. We renounce the fight for self in the imagery of I want to take everything this world has. We renounce it and we announce who you are, Lord Jesus. We surrender our lives to you. And we, Lord God, I pray that the willingness and the obedience of our life, Lord God, would walk in this life, as you say, circumspectfully. That we would understand that every moment that we breathe could be a moment of intention where somebody else's eyes are fixed and they see who you are in our lives. God, may we be a mirror of your power, a mirror of your love, a mirror of your victory. And Father, I thank you for those today that are making a decision to get baptized. I thank you, Father, for that they're making a, a moment, a step in, away from the old and into the new. And they're willing and obedient. Lord, they, you have so many things fashioned for their days in front of them. They don't even know, eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor is their heart perceived, the things that you have designed for their days ahead. God, I pray that you begin to open them up. I pray that their devotions go to new places. I pray divine relationships literally come and, and prick their hearts for more of you. I pray for a stirring in life change church and the churches all around this community and all around this city, state. God, I pray for our world, Father. There will be an awakening that would happen. And we would no longer, Lord, withdraw back. But God, that we would press into the mountain of God. We press into the shaking. Lord, you're shaking the church today. We press into that shaking. We wouldn't draw back. God, you said you don't take pleasure in those who draw back. God, I pray that you tell us, Lord, you says, press into the high call of God. God, I pray, Lord, you would rise us up and press us into that place. And God, that we would not be afraid of what this world has. But God, we would testify who you are to the world. I want all of us to, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer of surrender right now, if you would, with me. And if this prayer was your first time of surrendering your life to him, after service, I pray you and I or you and one of the elders, we could connect. But let's pray this prayer right now. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life into your hands. 
I receive your forgiveness. I receive your hope. I lean into you today. And Lord, I long to be all that you want me to be. I'm willing and I'm trying to be obedient. In Jesus' name, here I am. Amen. Let's stand up and worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.